When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want, and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome back. Thank you for your patience. Happy to have you here. Welcome to part two of Q&A's for season two. Here we go. What were some of your tricks for memorizing lines every week? Did you guys have any? Never no. was a problem. They nope. Were just, they were just, just in my head. Young, exactly. Young brains that were young, like sponges. Yep. Just yep. did not have a Soaked problem them up memorizing. And by the time show night came around, you just they were just in your head. And Absolutely. They were gone the next day and filled up with new ones. Yep. And do you guys remember being baffled by people thinking it was hard? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like, yeah, and I will never be one of those people like... I don't know if it would be hard now. I haven't done it. And so, but like, I imagine it would, I, it would kind of come back if I practice. But like, I remember as a kid actor just being like, why are these people think this is hard? Yeah. Yeah. It's muscle <laughs> memory after a while where it's just, that's what it was. That was part of your job. Yeah. So in the later seasons, Sean Hunter's poetry comes up and this person said, I remember I saw in the credits that it was actually written by writer. I've always wondered how this came about. Was it easy for you to share your writing and have it be a part of the show? Didn't we tell the story? We may have with I you. I don't know that we told the story of how the, how, um, I maybe mean, I know we've talked happened. about it. Yeah. yeah. How it happened. Oh, interesting. I, I thought I told the story on the podcast, but maybe, you know, also we've done Q and A's. Right. Uh, so I might, I might be confused. Um, yeah. So they had done, they had written the script based on the fact that I really did write poetry in real life. Um, and thanks to David Combs, the studio teacher, I, 
you know, and I know Danielle, you feel the same way that poetry was basically introduced to your life at a very young age. It's still a huge thing. Like Danielle and I were texting each other, you know, a few months ago, about like something about some favorite poems. And, Mm -hmm. and we, and I was like, you must know this poem because David probably taught it to you. And she's like, I've got my edition. And I opened up my my Keats and sent it. Yep. It was a John Keats poem. Yeah. Uh, but then we we were also, we read contemporary poetry. We were sharing uh, Ada Limon poems with each mm-hmm. other. And I just, I love that. That it's a huge part of my life because of David and yours too. Um, so yeah, so I got into writing poetry, reading poetry, and then eventually writing poetry. And somehow the writing staff found out about this, decided, which now I see that we're into second season. Poetry was always kind of a backbone mm-hmm. of Boy Meets World, yeah. interestingly. Um so I guess it was part of Michael Jacobs. You know, I think he likes poetry and loves literature, obviously, as you see throughout the show. So uh, they decided to take this aspect of my real life, put it into Sean and part of his storyline. And um, I was really upset. I was, um, I, they had written it into the show. At this point, they were already taking a lot of things from my life. I wasn't comfortable with it always. And this one really upset me. Um, and it was David Combs who sat me down. He was like, why are you so upset about this? And I said, well, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I didn't say it this way, but I, I think I felt exploited <laughs> to a certain right. degree. Like I felt like, you know, and what I said was, I feel like they've taken a part of me without actually taking it. Like, cause they had written poems in the show that were obviously not written by me. And so uh, David said, why don't you just go meet with Michael? And so I did, I called a meeting with Michael and I sat down and I didn't know what I wanted, but Michael offered, he was like, well, do you want to write the poems? Would that make you feel better? And I said, yeah, why don't you give me a chance to write the poems? And if they work, you know, great, you can use them. And if they don't, then we can just use whatever is already in the script. So I wrote two poems and, um, and Michael loved the first one. And then I started getting notes on the second one. And I just said, yeah, I really like the second one. I don't want to change it. So if you don't want to use my poem, uh, don't. Um, and it became like a big thing. Like I remember in front of the audience, we were like having all these meetings and Michael kept trying to change the actual content of my poem. And I was like, just don't use it. Right. Like right. I'm not right. going to change. Like I, you know, he wanted it to be more accessible. He wanted the poem to be like, I don't know, I guess more. I think that he had a hard time. He thought the vocabulary was too complicated. Or the audience wouldn't get it or I don't know. And I was like, look, I get it. I know what you're saying, but if you want to use my poetry, this, I like this poem. This is personal to me. I had written it, you know, for the episode, but I based it on my real life. And if you don't want to use that, then don't go back to the poem that you already had. And it became kind of a face off. And then they ended up using my poem without changing it. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, uh, that's the one that I get the most emails and comments wow. about. Um, the first one, which I actually think now is kind of a better poem. Uh, people don't comment on it that much, <laughs> but the, the top of the world poem is the one that I get the most uh, feedback about people loving. So, And what was, was the like, name of the other cool. one? Uh, an unpublished manuscript for J.D. Salinger. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, we all know that Corey sees himself as celery, but what food would your characters describe themselves as being? Oh, what a great question. So fun. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> you know, the first thing that popped into my head, and it has nothing to do with it's just because of what Eric was and became and was tofu. 
Oh, just no. because he took on the flavor of everything that was around him, he just became whatever you had to become. <laughs> no, it didn't come have on. its own thing. It just have. I mean, the other thing I would say was just Eric seems like a big old happy slice of pizza, or like, yeah. or like yeah. a, um, or like a uh, pot pie, like something, like something warm comfort and food. cozy and comfort foody. That yeah. at the end of the day is probably not great for your heart, but it's really good for your heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I have to talk. I, I did have this question ahead of time. I still didn't prepare anything or think anything. <laughs> um, I feel like Topanga would have to be something that's like a little too difficult to make. Like something that you're like, oh, I'm not going to make that. Like uh, um, like three-day ramen where it's like you've got to first make the bone broth and everything. It's like, oh, this is going to take forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I do feel like something like that. Something where you're like, well, yeah, it's fine, but you really have to work for it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I feel like, yeah, I mean, Sean's got to be like, uh, like a, uh, like a TV dinner, but like with a twist. Right. right? Like, it's got to be something that would be served in a trailer park. It's probably got mayonnaise, but then it's got like a new, it's like, um, oh, you know what it is? It's like a casserole dish, but like with uh, cheese that's crumpled on top. <laughs> I got to say, I could also see just bologna and cheese on Wonder Bread. Yeah. You know, just that old mm-hmm. school kind of mm-hmm. sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with a lot of mayo. Yeah. Mm, extra yeah. mayo. Mir- miracle Whip. Miracle Whip. There you go. Which character from the show do you would think, do you think would have had the best spinoff? They talked about doing an Eric and Eric and Jack show. I think that mm-hmm. probably would have been pretty good. But for the record, you and Ben did kind of have a spin, <laughs> did right. have a spin off. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's more like a sequel show than a spin. Yeah, off. yeah, but still, I'm. But no, there was so. Uh, I was going to talk about this as we got closer, but I was going to leave the show at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to the point where Michael and I had had meetings. We had meetings with ABC. He'd already written to it. We'll we'll get to certain scenes where there's a scene where Bill actually says, "Do you know what you're going to do in life?" And I talk about no, but and it was because there was a a good chance I wasn't going to come back the following season because Michael and I, well, it was all Michael had, uh, but I was in on the pitches, pitched an idea to where Eric moves to Los Angeles. Mm. And this was not the seventh season. This was between. No, this was season four, wow. season five. Wow. Uh, and we met with ABC. We met with Disney. He had the pilot all set up. I remember it was Eric was driving his car and the, the start was going to be he he jumps the ramp at Santa Monica at the Santa Monica Pier and just the car slams into the to the uh, beach like this. Eric stumbles out and just walks into the ocean. And that was going to be the start of the uh, the start of the episode. And it was going to be like a young friends and he was going to have meet all these people in Los Angeles. So he actually I mean, we not only had meetings and talked about it and and he was writing the pilot, but we. He wrote to it on boy. So you can actually wow. see a time where it was like, oh, they're writing me off. Um, and it was because Eric was going to have a spinoff. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I know, I'm like... not even sure why it never happened, to be honest with you. I never got a, I just never left boy. I never got a reason why we didn't we didn't do it. Why it didn't go forward. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, based on what we've seen so far, I would love a TK spinoff. Yeah. I think, our, I think the bullies in general. The bullies like, you just could be all the bullies. Yep. And have their own little, like, version of of Boy that would have been really fun. I think what could have been really interesting, too, would have been a um, Alex Dezer, Tony Quinn spinoff could have been. Like, young young teachers. Well, see, I love Alex, but I don't remember what his role of the show was at all. Yeah, he was was one of the teachers. So, like, a young teacher at a young faculty. But right. I mean that could have that could have been an interesting kind of show too. You get kind totally. of the friends aspect and all that kind of stuff. That could have been yeah. totally. 
This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. (laughs) That is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com slash world. Summer is steadily approaching and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation. Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on. Yes, with your shirt on. It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and... Torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com.
Ryder, can you still do a handstand slash walk on your hands? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I haven't done Prove it for it. a while. But... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so somebody asked uh, if I could explain Topanga's cross necklace that I wore slash she wore in the later seasons. Was it a choice by producers or wardrobe in support of waiting for marriage? And it was just my necklace. I, over the course of my life, have been... Um, uh, on a roller coaster of trying to figure out what I think about religions. And when I was young, I was raised Catholic. And then we moved to Calabasas and we couldn't find a church we liked. So we just stopped going to church altogether. And then in the later, my later teens, I, through different friends and different avenues, started going to church again. And for my 18th birthday, I asked my grandmother for a diamond cross necklace and she got it for me and it was just a gift from my grandmother that I wore basically all the time and I just started wearing it as part of my wardrobe and nobody complained so yeah. it just kind it of seems became... like the jewelry was mostly ours it, it was it seems like the jewelry was. was our choice yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah, which is interesting because then later we'll talk about it, of course. You know, Will's already mentioned he had to ask permission before he got a tattoo. And I did not ask permission. I just went and got a tattoo. And then we showed it in yeah, the, final the final scene, scene of Boy Meets By World. Accident, and Michael was mad. Yep. So yep. interesting that like our jewelry, nobody really cared too much about. But any sort of like body jewelry stuff was yeah. not really supposed. Yeah, we weren't really supposed to do that. You got it removed, though, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, I had two tattoos and they're both gone. And can you tell at all? Because I'd like one of mine removed. A very little bit. But I also stopped, like didn't finish my cycle of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. removals. And also I got mine removed on the earlier side of tattoo removal. They've gone a lot. They, they've come a long way and they're better now. I actually just recently bought another package to go and have them like I want them gone, gone. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I, we can go together if you'd like. I just need one. I want to keep my others, but there's just one that it's like, Ugh, that's stupid. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one there's one really close to us that we can go have it removed. Cool. So um, where's the weirdest place you've ever been recognized? Oh, God. The Anne Frank house in Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, it was so uh, it's a public un- museum. I mean, it I know, make. but it was it was somebody going, oh, my God, <laughs> I love you. And I was like, OK, OK, not appropriate here. Calm down. Like, I'm not an appropriate place to be doing this right now. So please, like <laughs> wanting to take pictures and everything. And it's like we're right. essentially in a Holocaust museum. Like we're not going to be taking Boy Meets World pictures here. I'm sorry. We're just not. So that is the one that instantly jumps into my mind. And then being strip searched, um, <laughs> coming out of LAX, oh, yeah, coming yeah. from Amsterdam uh, and essentially being in my underwear as the cop says to me, the police officer says to me, hey, aren't you the guy from Boy Meets World? So those right. are my those are my two. <laughs> Writer. I went I was I was at a bachelor party and it was one of these bachelor parties. I hate these things where strippers were involved. Oh, and, yeah. and they're and so it, uncomfortable. It, it makes you worst. so uncomfortable. And, so, and all, you know, but, you know, whatever. You're at a friend's yeah, thing. Of course. So gotta, of course. And, and somebody paid for me to get a lap dance. Oh, yeah. And this is like not even in a strip club. This is like one of those situations where it's like strippers were brought to us. Um, and yeah, sure enough, this this stripper was like, you know, in my lap being like, I grew up watching your show. Oh, <laughs> like, God. Okay, I guess maybe I it just felt so, you know, oh. it was awful. Uh, yeah. So that was de- by far like the just not wanting to be recognized. Like, exactly. please don't. Okay. Oh, don't okay. you think um, it's less uncomfortable to just tell your friend, I love you. 
but this isn't for me. Yes, I'm just now not I would going certainly do to, that. This is when right. I was 20 years old. Right. 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 Exactly. 20 yeah. 21. Now are yeah, not I was living in New strippers. York. Yeah, this is when I was yeah. living in New York. So I was only 20. I was between 20 and 24. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, no, now I would just be like, yeah, please, that's how don't we are. Ever Same. put me in it's this like, position again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I also think, you know, things have changed. This was 2000 something. Yeah. So right, right, like, right. 2002 yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, I would be way different about my approach to that situation. Yeah. I've always been the person that was like, if that's what you want to do, totally fine. I'm just let me know when they're coming and I'm leaving and I yes. have I've just been and yeah. I'll just go put myself just, in I, the bathroom I've done that too. I've done I'm just going to excuse myself from the situation it, I have I am not judging you at all <laughs> you do you but not, <laughs> not for, for me. me not for me not for me I'm the same, uh, I'm the same I way. actually I, I have similar stories I've been recognized you know in in uncomfortable places but I just I have one very recently so I'll use that one I was my just absolutely beloved grandfather um, who was my biggest fan. You guys know Papa, my mom's dad, um, passed away two and a half weeks ago. And um, he was 99, 99 and a half, really. And he passed peacefully in his sleep. And it's, you know, what? how much more can you ask for than that? A long life, lived to be extremely healthy until he was like 97 or 98 years old. Um, And only then was then diagnosed with COPD and congestive heart failure, but otherwise incredibly healthy his entire life. Um, And we just had his memorial um, and as I walked in, I said, hi, you know, we're here for the, the Joe Carboni Memorial. And the woman said, oh, I don't know if the family is you know, ready yet. And I said, oh no, I'm family. And she goes, oh, excuse me. Are Ugh. you, are you, I think you are. And I was like, yes. And she's like, oh my gosh, I love that. And I just thought, okay, it's just, I, I love it. Read love the room. you. Read the room. Read the room. Read the room. Let's yeah. just calm Maybe down a little bit. Yep. It's my, I just told you I was family. Like, I okay. just yeah. told you. Will you sign uh, my prayer card? Like, oh, my God. No. <laughs> exactly. God. Now, yeah. to her credit, she didn't ask to take a picture. Yeah. She didn't ask me to sign the prayer card. But there are times when, yes, it's it's a little bit of a feeling of like, you know, for them, for her, it was just her day at, at her job. Yeah. Like, that yeah, was yeah, just her of place of, yeah. of work. So, yeah. anyway. Um, There's an infamous story, too, that I might as well tell, uh, just because people probably have heard rumors about it. But I was shooting Cabin Fever, and we were shooting at an old uh, uh, Boy Scout camp in North Carolina. Um, and we had the camp, for the most part, to ourselves while we were shooting. Um, but at one point, I was covered in blood. Because we had been shooting the scene where I'm like covered in blood. And then we took a long break where they went to go shoot something else. And I had to stay in the blood makeup. Mm. And I was sitting in my trailer reading. And I was like, is it going to be a while? They're like, yeah, we've got a couple hours. So I said, okay, I'm going to take a hike. So I took a hike into the woods by myself and ran into a troop of kids who oh were my Boy Scouts. Um, and so I'm I'm walking, I was walking back from my hike when I ran into him and I saw him coming up and I was like, oh God, I'm going to scare the crap out of these kids because right. I literally have blood dripping down my face. And I was like oh trying to, and so they started freaking out seeing this bloody guy coming out of the woods and then they all recognized me as Ryder Strong oh and then they started God. screaming about that. So it was like this weird rip as I'm like passing all these kids on this trail, like, one oh. kid's looking at the other, like, wait, is that, is that, is that, oh my, and then, like, by the time I, I was running back to my trailer, because they were all, like, freaking out. Oh, yeah. my god, It was a pretty weird experience. And Yikes. you say people may have heard rumors about it. Did that story make its way to the internet that I saw Ryder yeah. Strong covered in blood? Yes. Well, I think what happened is Eli, Eli Roth, who was, like, you know, the director of 
Kevin is a notorious storyteller. He just loves it. So he told this story at like every uh, Q&A he would ever give, you know, when the movie first came out because he just thought it was hysterical. So it's made it to the to the internet, I think through him. I'm not sure if any of the kids actually wrote about it. But. Oh, that's so funny. Um, what was it like for us to have animals on set? The only time I really remember it is when we had the little pigs. Do you remember, you remember the, the bear? What about the bear? You don't was I, not in, the... I don't think I was in the bear. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. The... You're in the scene with the bear. Yeah. Well, a, did... I don't remember the bear. Oh, my God. It's covered it was in honey? So, it was terrifying. Wait, really? Yes, we get yes. covered in honey in front of, <laughs> in front of the bear. Don't you I, remember, I, love that you, I don't remember. This I, is, I, remember being so, I have such a fear of bears. Uh, and it was. It, we had a bear on set. It had a chain around its neck. We had a bear a couple times on the set, but that time was with you guys. Yeah. Yes, and and they put a wire, an electric wire between us and the bear, like in the doorway, because the bear's in the doorway, and um, we are sitting in the in the in the classroom, the college classroom, and the joke was that that morning when the bear showed up, they handed out pamphlets to everybody on set saying, "Do not have food." And do not around the bear and do not move quickly. And then our scene is us getting covered in honey and running away from the bear. And I remember being like, but, but we have this to. This is the be, opposite we have, of yeah, what we're we were told. Not following any of the that rules. was you guys. Oh yeah. yeah. And then we had another the one in the episode. in the wilderness store. That again, they apparently used. If, if I got the story right, and please send all your emails to Daniel Official if I didn't. <laughs> um, but they the bear they used in the wilderness store that we did one time with Lonnie was also used in a Will Ferrell movie, uh, semi-pro with the basketball thing. And that bear on another set ended up killing somebody. No. That same bear? So, yes, that same bear that we had on later, Boy Meets World. Later, after it had been on our show. Later, like ended up like killing somebody on a different this set. This sounds like a rumor. It sounds really? like something you may have heard it from one, like of jail, one of the jail, one of the prisoners. Walking through who was, through the hiker. Uh, what we, are the chances you, of that happening? Have you heard about somebody dying on a film set from a bear attack? Doesn't it seem sure, like that would no, be a... A I famous think it was. story think, we would I'm, all know. I'm Googling. I'm Googling. I know Bart the Bear was the most famous bear actor for years. And that's the one Legends we were of with? The fall. No, that's like oh. the biggest, most incredible grizzly bear. This guy had trained it to fight with him so he could actually fight a full-grown grizzly bear. So it's the bear in The Bear. Um, it's the bear in Legends of the Fall. So like uh, whenever you see a person actually fighting with a bear... Uh, Summer Rental, I want to oh, know. What is the John Candy movie with a bear? Great Outdoors, I think. Anyway, Bart was like the famous bear wow. actor for years. Um, Nev yeah. Campbell survived a bear attack on set. I, I just, just Okay. Yeah. And Jensen said he did kill a person. He killed his trainer. Thank you. Yep. While filming a promotional video at the Rocky Predators the action film, Miller was killed by a five-year-old grizzly bear named Rocky. Rocky wow. the bear. He was, a, he was a bear actor who had been trained to wrestle humans. Guys, I knew I was what? right. We had prisoners in our audience, damn it. Why? <laughs> Why do I not I remember being covered in honey? Honey. Near a bear. You know why? why I can do tell I you not why. Remember that? I can tell you we why all because checked out at that. Yeah, that's why. It was right towards the end of the series. Yeah. This was this was the either the first or Civil second episode, episode of the war episode. Yeah, the, I don't yeah, know what well, that is. The war. This the plays with squirrels episode where we are we're like, we're all fighting we're all each other, prank wars on each other. So oh. we keep like doing we escalating pranks, and that was the it's the old cast versus the new cast. Yeah, and, and the prank was pulled on you, me, and Ben, where we're the old cast has like gotten wow. a bear and covered terrible. us in honey. I yeah. can remember you, Ryder. You know what I remember about that scene? I remember that you're sitting in the, in the, the, the chair and 
Trina comes up to you guys want to kiss and everybody's booing on your side, like Corey and Topanga are booing, like you can't kiss her. She's part of the enemy. And so you guys put your hands up like this and you lean in to kiss each other like you're both uh, that yeah, I re- that's like that I remember. That's and then you, you back away and then the bear ends up showing up. Yeah. Mm, like yeah. I remember we had a big there's an episode with a big dog that I like am friends with. And I remember love <laughs> it was like a Saint Bernard and I fell in love with it. What? You're fr- you're like still friends with this dog? No. <laughs> I, th- I uh, thought that's what show. you just said. A big dog Sean, that, I'm, Sean, that I'm friends with. Oh, in the Sean, I'm doing it in the present tense. Sean becomes friends with a dog somehow. I don't know. But like I'm carrying a dog around the college set. I just remember the, And I remember I actually loved this dog. It was a big St. Bernard, I think, or a big dog. And I remember like hanging out with it and like laying on it uh, behind the, set, the scenes. Like this just was, loved he this was, dog. He was on Eric. There, because I there's one scene where I'm lying on the couch and you don't know I'm supposed to be there. There's just a giant dog, and then mm. I'm like, and the, the thing moves aside, and I'm I'm there. Yeah, I remember so, having the little pigs, and the little mm-hmm. pigs were really loud and yep. and not and they we were had the squirrely. I, yeah, monkeys are always the worst to work with. We had a yeah, monkey? we had we had the yeah. monkey. We had the same monkey they had on Friends. Yeah, we had Marcel. And it also Marcel the monkey. No, that was no, he's <laughs> I remember accused, Marcel. accused of killing somebody. <laughs> Uh, but no, we had animals kind of all the time. There was, there were animals on the side. Yeah. All right. Well, we only have two more questions. Right. One, I remember there being an online vote if you wanted Corey and Topanga to get married or not. And I remember voting. No one else I've ever talked to my age remembers <laughs> this. Do you know or am I remembering completely wrong? No, no it's you true. remember. You're right. right. That's true. Not yeah. enough people right. remember this. There yeah. was a website. Yeah. And you could go to the website. And you could place your vote for whether or not Corey and Topanga should get married. And they they promised they were going to, like, honor it. And apparently, overwhelmingly, people wanted Corey and Topanga to get married. Um, and then there was, on that website, there was, like, a the date of the wedding. Like, it turned into, like, a whole thing. Do you think they should have gotten married? I mean, I'll have to watch the show. I don't know. I think it's very young to get married. With that said... Similarly to the way my mom raised me about like wanting to make decisions based on the individual people, based on the individual couple, I don't think I would ever recommend to somebody to get married. But under certain circumstances, depending on the individual people, I could see saying if this is the decision you really want to make and you've thought it through and you we've had these conversations and you've really thought about this, that I would give you my blessing. But overall, no, I would say no one should get married at 18, 19 years old. Uh, I don't care if you've known each other since you were three. And that doesn't mean that your marriage isn't going to work out or that you're not that there aren't people who have happy marriages if they've done that. But I overall, 98 percent of the time, that's going to be a catastrophic failure. I agree. (laughs) I also think you I, I think the better way to have gone would have been Corey saying, we're meant to be together since that's the way they did it um, to almost a creepy way. We're meant to be together. We're going to survive your four years. Go to Yale. Yeah. That's like you figure that's what you want for your partner. It's like, go do be the best you you can be. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Right. And um, if distance or whatever breaks us up, then we maybe weren't supposed to be together. We weren't anyway. supposed to be together. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. That's, I think that's, there's, there's two different ways to approach this question, though, right? There's the question like the way you answered it, Danielle, and, and you will, too, is like sort of how you would feel about this situation were real life, right? But there's also the sort of cultural question of, was it good for Boy Meets World to have these two get married, you know? And and what message does the show end up uh, uh, reinforcing or stating 
by having that be the main storyline. And it's a, it's a, it's an interesting question. Like I, you know, I wouldn't have written it that way. Like I no. don't, you know, but I think that it's such a defining characteristic of the show that at this point it's almost a moot point. <laughs> like yeah. it's almost yeah. like people especially the people listening to our podcast right now probably are fans of Boy Meets World and yeah. if they are part of that is loving the Cory Topanga relationship it's almost yeah. like it's inseparable um and and and, and accepting the, the the world view of their destiny for each other is kind of part of the deal like yeah. you know um there's a whole other element that we're not discussing though which is also the fact that Topanga was waiting for marriage um and and yeah. There are a large there's a large percentage of people who not only choose to do that, but think uh, religiously it's something they're supposed to do. And so there's a whole there's so many elements to why people choose to do that Um, Mm -hmm. and regard. And and so I try to be very nonjudgmental about all the different reasons for why people choose to do that, because that's up to every person to decide for themselves. But as a general rule, my advice would be. That you should wait to get married until you like truly know yourself. And I do not think you even have scratched the surface of who you are by the time you are the age that they are. And even though Corey and Topanga were the same from, you know, we we believe we believed as the characters, oh, these people are who they are. They're the that's kind of the whole point of the show is like Corey's always Corey. Right. And Topanga's always Topanga and Sean's always Sean. But the truth is, look at us 30 years later and how many changes. Oh, man. We've all gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is more. And continue continue to evolve. Up in- I don't no, think you're a grown up until you're 25, 26. Oh, I think it's when your brain stops. Like, yeah, I think it's. I think like it, we have such a weird idea of adulthood yeah. in this country that's based on 18, a- 18. and twenty one, which right. doesn't make like, any sense. There are arbitrary nope. numbers that are just totally. thrown out there. Yeah. Well, no, no I think it's honestly, I think it's because of the military. Military. Thing, and I think it's sure. because we want to convince children to go fight for us, and so we take advantage of. What right. the, they can, a, they an can undeveloped fight for us, prefrontal but cortex, a, but they can that's fight for us, but they can't have a beer. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's, I mean, exactly. it's yeah. like you're not you're 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 definitely uh, old enough to go and fight for your country, but have a beer. Mm, you really no. aren't old enough to make that decision. Yeah. Yet. It's like, wait, Ridiculous. what? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. No, it's let's talk about politics. Uh, no. <laughs> OK, last <laughs> last question. Will, for whatever reason, this is a person writing in. I have a recollection of a teen magazine photo spread of you and Jennifer Love Hewitt washing a car. Do you have any memory of this? I don't. Uh, <laughs> that is not. Would to you say love it. been doing Teen Magazine? Oh stuff? yeah, we did stuff together. Oh really? All you the did time. Oh, okay. wow. Teen magazines, Teen People, Vogue, like Teen Vogue. We did all that kind of. It was mostly her. It was like right. her pulling me to something, and then I'd kind of be blurry in the background in clothes that didn't fit. Um, but it was. <laughs> but yes, I'm, I'm sure there was some kind of something. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm actually Googling it right now to oh, see yeah. if I can so find I it. But no, I, I can't find it. doubt it. I, but see, I'm, a lot of that stuff existed only in print back then. In right. The day, yeah. You know, so unless yeah, nobody's there's, uploaded their copy. I'm sure there's something somewhere. We were for, you know, we were that it couple for the six months or whatever. We were together for like almost two years, but for like six months, we were everywhere. Yeah. The she it, was still it, one of the hardest working people I'd ever met in my life. She knew what she wanted and she worked her butt off for it and was constantly at a mall singing or recording something or doing right. photo shoots or filming something. I mean, that was a hard working woman. She really was. I, I think she still is. I mean, I haven't seen her in 25 years, but um, back in the day, she she knew what she wanted and she went after it. 
Well, thank you guys for answering so honestly. And um, as always, a fun little trip down memory lane. Thank you guys for listening and thank you for joining us. You can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. You can send us your emails, podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. If you send us questions, we'll try to get to them at our next Q&A. And uh, as always, we have merch. Merchandising. Podmeetsworldshow.com. We will see y'all next time. Well, send us out. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. And you can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303 mile range, available two-way charging and other category defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250 plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.